Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To Dunn. Watch out. Oh, what are you doing? He threw him out of the ballgame. you got to be paping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? You gotta be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. I'll tell you what. They have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. That just tells you he has blue. Here's an umpire in the American League knows nothing about the game of baseball. That's unbelievable. We have always had problems with this guy right here. It's time for that legendary segment, What Are You Doing, Wegner? Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum and Tom Thayer. He's in for Mark Grody. Mark Grody will be here at 120. Tom Thayer has been kind enough to sit in and unfortunately lend much substance to what is usually Saturday suckage. So I've had to work overtime. And what are you doing, Wegner, Tom? So you know was Grody and I created this because during the pandemic when there, when it, everybody was on lockdown and there were no sports and nobody was doing anything, people were doing something. And we began looking around to find out what they were doing. And like, for instance, we found out that Studs' parents, our trash panda producer, they were shooting trash pandas. Shooter, his dad, was up at the top floor and or looking out the window with a gun trying to trying to kill a trash panda, them them damn raccoons. And I find out, and so we usually begin, what are you doing, Wagner, with a report and on a trash panda update. What do you have for us, trash panda? Oh, I got a few things. So my mom actually texted me after she heard us talking in the last hour. And Did she appreciate the fact that we've become the mom show, that Tom oh, Thayer sure has added you know, a layer? Actually, actually, I... I I was supposed to remind you guys she wanted to make you and Grody some cookies, but I told her, well, like, you guys, I don't actually see you guys right now. So she made me cookies instead. <laughs> I actually still have some. But <laughs> so, so she Alice. wanted to make you guys cookies. So she does appreciate you guys. And she makes really good cookies. So as soon as we're all together, I'm sure she'll, she'll uh, make you some. So there's that. Also, let me see. Alice, here. thank you for, for having your son hog all the good stuff. Way to teach him. Way to teach him to share, Alice. We well, have addresses. We accept wa- mail. <laughs> I guess that's my fault. Yeah. 
Okay. So anyway, carry on, Trash Panda. Uh, so the only animal problem they had this week, I guess, is some birds are eating the tomatoes in their garden. So <laughs> I'm not sure how they're gonna deal with that. Shoot them! Isn't that what Shooter does? Oh, those are a lot Your harder. Your dad just to, takes those, a gun down. That's the answer to everything. Those are Buck a lot shot. harder. Those are a lot harder to get. Those a much smaller target. They move a lot faster. They move around a lot, especially if they're just down pecking some tomatoes. They're probably moving constantly. So that's that's a lot harder of a of a target to get. Not okay. that not that I didn't do some bird shooting in my day, but that's right. a different story. <laughs> okay. um, oh, and apparently Menard County's not doing a very good job not spreading COVID-19. So that's Who, awesome. Who's not? Do, say that again in English. Menard County, where my parents live, is apparently doing a horrible job with the virus right now. She's My mom said that there's a lot of it going through the county right now. I guess a bunch of people at the pharmacy got it. So you need to shape up, Menard County. You're not repping me very well. <laughs> do you have, do you have like a lot of St. Louis Car- do you have St. Louis Cardinals players living in Menard County? Is that what happened? <laughs> No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not right, right now, anyway. In other Trash Panda news, the U- United States Consumer Product Safety Commission was telling, in, in an effort to tell people to keep your kids safe and keep, cl- keep your cleaning products and their original bottles locked up and out of sight of kids, it, it is going with a picture of a Trash Panda and the text lines, you can't summon the grand raccoon to end COVID-19, but you can protect your kids by putting bottles away. So the Grand Raccoon, I did not know a Grand grand Raccoon could be summoned, but the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission has alerted us to that. Okay, remember Gordon Beckham? Tom, you remember Gordon Beckham? Of course, of course. He, uh, in response to a tweet, the tweet from Sports Illustrated was, Beckham Aaron Trout is here. So Mike Trout and his wife became parents, named their son Beckham Aaron Trout. To which Gordon Beckham retweeted, this isn't surprising. Mike really looked up to me and wanted to model his game after me when I was traded to the Angels. I just pray the kid doesn't feel too much pressure living up to my career numbers. (laughs) Gordon Beckham has a sense of humor. Even if he doesn't have much career numbers. By the how way, he, my, how does he know it's not David Beckham and he wants him to grow up to be a soccer player? Oh, you're right. With really good hair and a and a spice right. girl wife, right? Yeah. Right. But by the way, is this fitting or what? I've not read enough to know whether this is intentional. It has to be intentional. That Mike Trout's son's monogram is Bat. Yes. Beckham Aaron Trout, B-A-T. It has to be intentional. That's a thing. His wife let him do that. I can't. Um, that's a thing. This is an anniversary today. Actually, several sports and music anniversaries. It's a music anniversary. Tom, do you remember what happened on this day in 2004? August 8th, 2004. 16 years ago today. No, it's but very, I know it's... It's a very fitting topic for Saturday Suckage. Eight days before Elvis's death? No, he, the died, he died on August sixteenth. I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah, I, I didn't, I did on, not. On know the it. throne, he died on the throne, and yes. this is that's close. That's not a bad. This is one, you know, less than six degrees of separation. But on this date, two thousand four, this was the time that the Dave Matthews Band tour bus, yes, dumped eight hundred pounds of poop on a boat full of people on the Chicago River. That was when you were 
allowed to have boatfuls of people on the Chicago River. So that's quite an anniversary. Right. I think uh, you know, the bus driver saying, "Oh, I think this is a great spot to empty my septic tank. I think I'll do it right." <laughs> that's right. I mean, what a what an insult. What a thing. What a thing. Okay, so uh, on August fourth this week, there's baseball anniversary. Two of them on August fourth. So it happened this week in 1993. This in 1993, that was the day Robin Ventura charged the mound against <laughs> Nolan Ryan. And I didn't realize this. He sort of called it before the game because Ryan always had a history of throwing at people. And, and he said, he throws at me, I'm charging the mound. And he did. Also, that, that, that's what happened that day. And he was, Ventura had been a member of the um, U.S. Olympic team. And they're the U.S. Olympic junior baseball team. This comes from Chuck Garfine of uh, NBC Sports Chicago. He reran a piece he had, um, he had written earlier. The U.S. junior Olympic baseball team spent two weeks in Tyler, Texas, which is Nolan Ryan country, and they went to that game that day. They took a two-hour bus ride to Arlington to, to watch the Rangers play the White Sox. And that game, when Robin Ventura charged the mound, Ventura does not remember speaking to this group of players beforehand, but, you know, hey, good. Go, guys. Wish you luck. All of it. Anyways, one of the players on that team was Paul Konerko. One of the players on that junior U.S. Olympic team that, that Ventura talked to before charging the mound was Paul Konerko. So there's your there's your full circleness. Also, well, a baseball if, anim- if you're talking yeah. to a player, a group of players that are that talented, you have to imagine that one or more of them are going to make their way into the major leagues. Um, but it just so happened to be Paul Konerko of the White Sox. You know, just the such a the one degree of separation, I guess. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that, make it out to the. Um, to the, besides making it to the pros the way you, your mom told you, stop crying, you're going to go see your friends, and then you stop <laughs> crying as she drove to practice when you would try to hide, and then you'd cry, and you'd fake cry and do all that. A texter asked a question I should have asked as well. When did it become, when did it start being fun? So when, when did you stop doing all the fake crying or the crying or try to avoid it? When did it start being fun and why? Um, you know, actually, it wasn't until about my freshman year in high school because, uh, again, my brother was a really successful fullback, one of the best in the history of the state of Illinois. So I thought I was going to follow in his footsteps and I was going to be the next fair playing fullback at Joliet Catholic. So I went to practice. I felt a hand on my shoulder. It was Gordy Gillespie, the varsity coach, the head coach of Joliet Catholic. And he said, son... I hate to break the news to you. You're not going to be a fullback. I would like you to go to the offensive tackle position because I think that's where your future is. And I was reluctant about it because I thought I was going to follow in the footsteps of Rick. That didn't happen. And then they started feeding me some plays that were the offensive tackle was instrumental in the success or failure of the play. And then because I was bigger, I was able to have some success. And then all of a sudden, 
it became fun. It became, you know, um, the 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 just the the fun position of offensive line, learning that you're kind of part, a unit, a part of a team, and that's when everything clicked for me. And because Joliet Catholic was a program that, if we had 80 plays in the game, 79 of them were running plays, and we threw it once. So. That was the really clicking for me because as if you grow up in Joliet, you always want to be able, you know, you know, Joliet Memorial Stadium was something you always aspired to play in. And so when the the whole thing led to being an offensive lineman and how, how important it was, that's when it, the seriousness really clicked in for me. Okay. All right. Texture, hope that answers your question. So before we close out, what are you doing, Wagner? I wondered, this is a version of if, like, Saturday Suckage in, in the media world could have a sister city, it would be this. The 49th anniversary of the publication of something called The Book of Failures. And it was written, it includes such things as a story about prisoners tunneling out of prison and then upward and believe they were hitting their escape route but they dug a hole right into the courtroom where they had been sentenced to prison. <laughs> and they were going right back. <laughs> so that's what's in the Book of Failures. Now, the Book of Failures was also was authored by Stephen Pyle. And, and Stephen Pyle was the founder of the not-terribly-good club of Great Britain. And... He formed this club, and it gained renown for the people proud of their incompetence. And he wrote the Book of Failures, and the book was a raging success. So two years after he founded the the not-terribly-good club of Great Britain, the club was closed and he was fired as president because they received 20,000 membership applications because he was a raging success. And his deathless quote about the not terribly good club of Great Britain, even as failures, we failed. That would be the sister that would be the sister city of Saturday Second. He failed because he wrote a bestseller about failure. You know, it just turns its turns on itself like that. That's the way it is. Thank you for sitting through another segment of What Are You Doing, Wagner? We'll take a break. When we come back, Bears football. We will talk Bears football with Mark Grody and Tom Thayer. They're both here. And we will do that next on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Bears. Who said that? Crash Panda, who said that? It was Mark Brody. Who said that? Was it really? Is that Mark Brody? He's on this show. Well, he's on the show now. That's usually his show, but it's not his show this week. Tom Thayer is sitting in for Mark Grody. And here's Mark Grody now on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Mark Grody, how you doing? I, <clears throat> excuse me, I just looked it up right now mm-hmm. in the, the bylaws of Saturday Suckage here. Uh-huh. And hold on, let me put my reading glass on. It says, you are not allowed to have somebody with 85 bear credibility on the show as a co-host or guest or contributing in any way, shape, or form. Penalty for such infraction is execution. So, Tom, I'm sorry that you had to be on the show today. You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. Don't worry. You're doing great. It's Steve that is ultimately in no. trouble and the trash panda. Ray, Ray, you have to blame Spilkus or Shane's Meats. Blame them. <laughs> Spilkus is on vacation, so he cannot be yeah, blamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second in command is Shane, so it's, this one's on Reardon for sure. Okay. All right. So Mark Rody joins us. He covers the Bears for the score. Tom Thayer is here, and he covers the Bears for sitting next to Jeff Joniak. And we were talking earlier the that Chuck Pagano with with – Healthy players has a whole different defense than he had last year and a whole different plan for Eddie Jackson. I think that was central as a guy who who makes plays. What do you make of all that, Mark? I actually, to me it sounded, you guys could tell me if I'm wrong, It to me it sounded like Chuck Pagano has a similar plan for Eddie Jackson this year as he did last year. And I thought that was one of the most poignant moments of the Zoom when asked about Eddie Jackson, you know, Chuck Pagano went out of his way to say that they don't like to define free and strong safety as much and that there's a fine line. And what he said about Eddie Jackson was it's, it is about matchups. It is about putting him in the best position to succeed and put him in the best position to make plays for the Bears to beat whomever the opponent is. So I don't know. It sounded to me like it, it, you will see him floating around between center field and that strong safety spot, similar to what you saw last year. 
I don't know if that's the best thing in the world for Eddie Jackson, considering when he was just free to do whatever he wanted in 2018, he was a superstar and he made the the flash plays. So I don't know, Tom, is that did you hear the same thing that that Eddie Jackson's gonna there's gonna be more of the same from him this year in terms of where he's positioned? Yeah, but you know, Mark, you're bringing up a great point in terms of Chuck Pagano because Chuck Bono he went on to reference. I don't want to tell the quarterback coming in and what is it that Tom Brady's coming here and that he can I just look for where the safeties are standing and it's going to tell Mm -hmm. you the story of the defense he can't do that to the quarterbacks he's got to be able to move these guys around and maneuver them around to keep the quarterback guessing so I I think he made a a really valid point and I was kind of uh, I was excited to hear it just because the thing that you want a defensive coordinator thinking ahead of a time, even if you're talking about Matthew Stafford week one, is you always need to create some confusion and thinking by the quarterback when he gets to the line of scrimmage. The other thing that I was actually happy to hear as it pertains to the safety position, guys, was that Pagano did say, and you know, I don't know if this is going to be completely the case, but he did say publicly that this there will be a legit competition as in equal snaps for Deion Bush and Tashawn Gibson at the other safety spot, no matter how you want to define it. And here's why I like it. Like I like I like Gibson. I think he's he I think he he probably will end up being the other starter. But I really want to see like Deion Bush had an excellent training camp last year. It looked like he got equal reps to Haha Clinton Dix last year. You know, they put Bush in more this year than they had in past years. I also think like, I wouldn't mind seeing Bush be the starter because I think he fills more of that traditional, strong safety, good tackler, a little bit more of a hitter role. Like, I feel like he would be, he would probably have more chemistry with Eddie Jackson, similar to what Adrian Amos had with Eddie Jackson. The best combo that Eddie Jackson has had so far in his career was with Adrian Amos because he was, he was willing to do the dirty work and not be the center fielder. And I think that Gibson actually has been more of a free safety in his career than he has been a strong safety. So, I, like I said, I think it's probably going to be Gibson. I mean, why bring him in if it's not? But I, I really hope that they are truly giving Bush a chance to be the starter this year. The Maybe you guys can clarify for me. We were talking, Mark, we were talking earlier about the, the, the hole in the middle of the defense of, of Eddie Goldman's absence. And Tom mentioned John Jenkins. And I know he was placed on the COVID list, which is not permanent he didn't opt out he was just he tested positive i don't know where that if there's been an update that was the last back he's back Uh, steve yeah yep okay so what is it that and and this for both of you what is it that that he does or can do that can claw back some of what eddie goldman did that can help the rest of the defensive line and the linebackers 57 I'll let you go first on this one well you know it's it, you know it's just a big body you know Steve and Mark it was always funny because every time that we left the locker room before a game Steve McMichael would say okay Singletary let me and Hampton go out there and turn you into another all pro season <laughs> and so and it, you know he said it in jest but it, it really speaks volumes because when you talk about what the linebackers can do it's about the big bodies in front of them so John Jenkins not is not going to be expected to do something that 
he has the inability to do. He's going to be able to stand on the shoulder of the center and be able to absorb two offensive linemen coming at him, trying to delay their ability to get to that second level, and hopefully by that time the linebackers made a decision and get into the position to make a tackle. So, Mark, I'm a believer that John Jenkins can really offer a lot of what Eddie Goldman does. He's just a, a little bit older, a little bit more experiences, and Eddie hopefully has a bigger upside coming to him. But their their game planning can be similar to what they would do with either of them. One of the things that makes Eddie Goldman so dangerous, obviously he's got the size, he is legitimate and natural as a nose tackle, but as Chuck Pagano pointed out, one of the things about him is, is he's got foot speed. He's, he's got quicks, man. He, he can move a little bit, and I think that that is like one of the things that separates him, obviously, from the other backups on the Bears and from a lot of nose tackles, quite frankly, around the NFL because he's climbing his way up the ladder. I don't think he's the best nose tackle in the NFL yet, but maybe top 10 at this point for Eddie Goldman. So it is that speed, that natural quicks that that maybe you would not have in John Jenkins. And I think that this will be... I got a feeling it's going to be a work in progress throughout the year that that you're not just going to see one guy in that spot. Ideally, that's what you'd like to see with John Jenkins, but I think, you know, Bilal Nichols needs to take another step after a really good rookie year and then he tailed off a little last year whether it was injuries or just the sophomore slump. Abdullah Anderson is a veteran who is capable. Roy Roberts I mean, every year it seems like, Tom, he takes like another inch forward, not giant steps forward, but every year this is a guy that has gotten a little bit better for the Bears. So, And I even asked the question directly to Chuck Pagano on Zoom. Uh, or no, it was actually Jay Rogers, the defensive line coach. Who Who is working out with the ones that nose tackle? And there was no succinct answer. It was everybody. So I don't think they have the answer yet, but they have a lot of good candidates. Our guest is Mark Rohde on Mark Rohde's usual show. Well, Mark Rohde's not on his usual show. He's a guest on this show on Saturday Suckage. Tom Thayer is sitting in for Grody. Grody is guesting here. But, Mark, you'll be hosting your show. Do we have any <clears> – <throat> it seemed to be tailored around Chicago Cubs baseball, and there is no baseball. So you'll be on the air at 3 today until – or when, or has what's six changed? o'clock? I I will be on until six o'clock, and so far on the show, here is what I have planned, and you'll love this. I'm going. We'll be going to St. Louis today at 3:20 to talk to our old friend Chris Ranji, who is now a sports talk show host at What a What ESPN in St. Louis. Um, so we'll find out what the hell uh-huh. is going on with the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. the number one question will be: Will the Cardinals play baseball again this year? So we will. How's uh, going, Chris Ranji? <laughs> we'll talk to the we'll talk to the Ranj about that. I've got Steve Conroy. I love talking to Steve Conroy, the former Blackhawks defenseman, current hockey analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. I watched you know the, him and Pat and the boys in the studio yesterday doing their thing. So we're gonna pick Conroy's brain about the next round and what happened with the Blackhawks. And then um, five o'clock. Um, Tom, would you be able to come on at 5 o'clock with me? Because uh, I have an opening. Sure. You got my number. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, I'm so oh, nervous. Man. Yeah. yeah book, booking the show on the air on another show. I want That's Tom's that. credibility to come back. You know, after being on this show for the last, yeah. you know, two and a half hours, I think, uh, you know, whatever credibility Thayer has lost just by his appearance, by his presence with you, I would like him to, to retain. 
He is. He's an angel who is descended from planet credibility, and he's and he's spreading the good the good all over the place. So let me run this by both of you. It was the the Athletic surveyed 30 agents and talent evaluators, and one of the questions they were asked was the most interesting or surprising contract signed in free agency. So there is the Brady, the Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, blah, blah. And somebody said, Jimmy Graham signing for two years and $16 million with the Bears. Quote, did they watch his tape? That was shocking. That was a shocking contract to me. There's no way anybody else would have offered him that kind of money. So what is what is likely? Not the, the best that you can expect is in Jimmy Graham, who hasn't been around for a lot of years. I don't know if the best you can expect is the worst now, but what is a likely outcome for the Jimmy Graham experience as Bears tied end? Honestly, I think that it, it's interesting when, when they made the signing for, for Jimmy Graham, it was met with 100% negativity from Bears fans. And that I think part of the reason was that was the first like real move of the offseason. But I think since they drafted... Cole Komet since they went out and signed, and I get this is the other side of the ball, signed Robert Quinn, brought in Tashawn Gibson, drafted Jalen Johnson. It was like that was just the first move of many, and there have been many other moves that the Bears have made that have been more significant. But I don't know. I like the way it looks. Now that everything is is fallen into place, he Jimmy Graham is properly motivated. He's heard the critiques. He's heard that he's at the end of his career. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what – what the Bears offense can do, what they can create, what they can create for for Graham this year to put him in a position to win, which is, as you know, Tom, that that's what that's what a coach's existence is all about, putting guys in position to win, and I think they could do that with Graham. Do you? Well, first of all, you got to look at the output of the tight end position in their totality last year. It was the worst in the league. I think 416 or 419 yards total receiving yards. So, Jimmy Graham, what did you sign him for? That's the first question. To me, Jimmy Graham, I'm signing him to, for first downs. If he catches a majority of his passes from 1 to 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, I'll be happy with that. He's been durable. He's been on the field every game. So he's not here to be the savior of the offense. He's here to be a, a bigger contributor at that U tight end position to have a receiver that needs to be covered. Because Jimmy Graham, whether you like the contract or not, you're not going to line him up out there and he's not he's going to be uncovered and they're just going to let him run downfield. You didn't sign him for 60-yard touchdowns. You just you signed him to add first downs. In Rosie, when we were talking about it, for the offense to stay on the field, they got to be better at getting first downs, which will help their defense. Mm-hmm. So um, you, t- you look at Graham, and then you look at Cole Komet, you look at Demetrius Harris, you look at what J.P. Holtz has been able to do, and you can't forget about Jesper Horstead because yeah. he's got pass-catching ability. So he's only a part of the tight end position. He's not the offensive savior. So, hey, I don't even pay attention to the financial portion of contracts anymore because it's become irrelevant to me. It's almost I need a player put in a position that maybe provide 45 catches uh, of a majority of them being first downs to help the overall process of the offense because you need Cole Komet to really be the big hitter if you're talking about big play ability and run after the catch out of the tight end position. 
two different players, but you're asking two different results out of each of them. Okay, so about Cole Komet, I know he's near and dear to your Notre Dame heart, Tom and 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 Mark. They've 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 talked him up, and and he seems the you know right man, right look, right thing. They've that he seems to be. We don't know how well a guy learns in the NFL at the NFL level until he actually has to learn something at the NFL level. But but is there a number of games you have, Tom? Number of games you have, Mark, where he becomes the guy and Jimmy Graham is not window dressing but a, a second option and Cole Komet is actually a, a, a game deciding, a, a drive deciding touchdown? Go ahead, Mark. You know, I think it's going to be rough for Cole Komet this year. Now, on the and it's really hard to get, you know, substantive answers out of these Zoom calls right now just because they're not doing a whole lot. And when the topic came up with, I think it was Bill Laser. Yeah, it was Laser. He couldn't what he basically said was Cole Komet has he has been able he it seems like he's really smart. It seems like he knows what he's doing, but we're, we have no idea until we start to put on some pads and do real drills, which probably won't happen for about another week and a half. So he's got all the, he's got everything he needs. He's equipped with the football smarts and the football IQ. He's got the skill, but with with the compromise off season, I don't know if it's realistic to expect Cole Komet to come in. And I, I think he'll probably start, but I think it's going to take a few games for Cole Komet to become a real weapon and a real option. And from what I, from what I've learned from coaches and people like Tom Thayer, that that wide tight end position is it's a difficult one to learn, a difficult one to come in and thrive right away. Well, you know. The Bears fans probably aren't going to like what I have to say because Cole Komet, they want to talk about his receiving ability and what a big threat he is downfield. However, I believe he's got to become a blocker first. The worst thing you want to do is put a player on the field and then become predictable as to what he can and cannot do. If Cole Komet can go out there and hold his own as a blocker, he's going to help the deceptiveness of the offense. So that's where he's got to be trained at the first. New tight ends coach Barone will come in here, work with Juan Castillo, and get him involved in the blocking schemes. Once he becomes an efficient blocker, hey, he doesn't have to become, you know, the the, the next Kittle uh, until about midway point of the season. However, he's got to be good enough at blocking where when he's on the field, the defense can't change their configuration because they know what he's in there for. All right, you two kids can carry on this conversation at 5 o'clock today when Mark Rohde <laughs> has his own show because I think it's great that, that he can become your Mark, – Mark, make sure Tom tells your audience that he hasn't – Komet has until five games to become George Kittle as a blocker. That's okay. it. That's, All right, that's, yeah. That's the way it five works. Five games and he's that's totally – and Tom, I got to be... tell you, man, I got, I've enjoyed listening to you. Like, I hate that we've the circumstances, but I've enjoyed listening to you and Zach. I've been a little bit jealous that Zach has gotten you as a co-host, and I've been left all alone as a solo host throughout all of this time. But I've you're a blast to listen to, man. You're a good talk show host. Well, I told you, until you learn how to make your own hard-boiled eggs, <laughs> I don't know if I can actually co-host with you. <laughs> wow, there's a man who takes notes. What a tough grader. This is a tough room, I gotta yeah, tell you. Yeah, Tom Tom is uh for people who don't know, Tom has been 
basically Tom's been offended by the fact that I would go to stores to buy two hard-boiled eggs for $5 or three for 7 or $8 as opposed to making my own. I was intimidated by the process, but I have recently started to make my own batches. And honestly, most of that is because of Tom Thayer, and the, he hard-boiled egg shamed me. He shamed me. <laughs> Okay, more hard-boiled egg talk at 5 o'clock today on Mark Brody's show. <laughs> Don't miss it. And this is the content you came to Saturday Suckage for. Mark, thanks. Have a good show. We appreciate you joining us. See you, Mark. Bye, guys. It's Mark Brody. You see, hear him today at 3 o'clock. So uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, I do have a question about the, uh, the quarterbacks. Going Tom's take on who grows up to be what and what is Matt Nagy really looking for. And um, I have a thought on that. I'll run it by Tom. He's Tom Thayer. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum and Tom Thayer. He's sitting in for Mark Grody. As actually, it's all Tom Thayer all the time here on The Score. After Tom Thayer is done with Steve Rosenblum here, Tom Thayer will be on Bears All Access at 2 o'clock till 3 o'clock. Then the Mark Grody Show at 3 o'clock, he'll be on at 5 o'clock. It's all Tom Thayer all the time. The Tom Thayer Petting Zoo on radio <laughs> for you. That's exactly what it should be. And, and everybody would be smarter. Right. Tom, I got a question for you. If they're going to just base this on practice, the quarterback battle, derby, whatever it is, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky always looks good in practice. He cannot transfer it into games. So how could the coaches possibly judge whether he's better or not at any of this? Help me here. Well, I I think it's about timing and the right decision. So, Steve, as they um, put together a practice plan, I can give the same plays to Nick Folds that I gave to Mitchell Trubisky the day before. And then you go back and you watch evaluation. There's an exact to every single offensive play run successfully or if it failed. And so in terms of the pass protection, how it coordinates with the the decision the quarterback has to make according to the coverage and the right receiver to throw it to. It's obvious. It's not like, okay, I saw this, I held the ball unrealistically for five seconds in practice, and then I threw it, but I would have got sacked twice. That's just, that's not the way it is. And, but in, in, in terms of practicing against a really aggressive Bears defense, the quarterbacks are going to have to be at the top of their game. So if they do go out and they have a 7-on-7 period or 11-on-11 teamwork and they're going through a pass-heavy routine, you can understand who's seeing the field correctly. That evaluation will start in conversation. When you're asked a question in a meeting, your response has to be immediate. It can't be sitting there thinking and, and mulling over points for a minute and a minute and a half. You're beat, you're sacked. It's got to be an answer that comes within the same time frame of throwing the ball in less than three seconds. So the beginning of this evaluation has already started. And then how a transfer to the field is going to be able to tell the story. And like I said, after five games, I want Cole Komet to be an efficient blocker. After seven or nine practices, I want the coaches to have a front runner to that quarterback derby and they have an understanding by that point who is leading who is leading the race and I think it's realistic 
Steve, going back to the USFL, the second year I was there, we brought in Doug Williams right before the start of training camp. And we didn't have preseason games. So that decision was made throughout the practices we are having and the periods that we would be a little bit more aggressive to help make that decision. Coaches can do it with the formula of taking these practice scripts and giving it to one quarterback one day and give it to the next quarterback the next day, and the decisions can be made. Um, so I think under these circumstances, you're going to have to be aggressive about your decision, but there is a, an analytical way of going about making the right decision. Seven to nine practices. You're already, you, you don't think the coaches have an idea now because I think their idea – I think Neggy's idea, Neggy's thoughts, Neggy's decision has been made, and here's why. What happens, what, he, what his experience with Mitch Trubisky has been, he's had to throw out a bunch of, not, not dumb the playbook down, but he's had to limit his choice of pages because for whatever reason, sometimes injury, but mostly it's Mitch Trubisky's learning curve. And... And his ability to read defenses, master coverages, as Nagy said. I think he loves the idea of Nick Foles because Nagy gets to use more of his own playbook that he thinks the world of. I think he's already there with Foles. He just can't really say it. What do you think of that? Well, uh, you know, I, I do think that Nick Foles has the upper hand in terms of experience. But to me, how threatening is Mitchell Trubisky willing to be with his legs? And that may help Mitchell Trubisky sustain the battle, sustain the, the, the competition here, because Mitch is more talented with his legs than Nick Foles is. Nick Foles sees the downfield opportunities more clearly than Mitchell Trubisky does. So that's you know, there's going to be two types of plans here. And again, you know, through my experience, and I listen, I'm going to say this, but I'm not comparing them. I'm just talking about the competition. When Steve Young went to the San Francisco 49ers, he was considered a failure up until that point. Joe Montana saw the field better and more efficiently in the Bill Walsh system than Steve Young did. Steve Young was still a threat because of his athleticism and his legs. And then he was able in a certain amount of time to overtake Joe because he was a better athlete playing in the West Coast offense. I think that's going to be the most interesting aspect to pay attention to is the willingness for Mitch to take every play that he's uncertain and turn it into a gain because of his legs. Now if he gets hurt like he has in the last couple of years, then he's not going to be the same threatening player with his legs that he can be. So I, I think it's an interesting you're listening you're looking at two dynamics of two quarterbacks that there's a lot of differences between them, but that gives that Nick the upper hand is that he's got more on field NFL experience. But but the coach took away Trubisky's he, went, he tried to turn him into a pocket quarterback starting in the Green Bay game that was eminently winnable last year in the, in the opener, and then he changed during the season. Did the coach learn something? Did the, does the quarterback get a break? Does he get pity points for that? Is that what you're saying, that no. it has to be part of the plan? 
You know, you know the, the 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 reason you brought Mitch here is because you're trying to make that transition to an RPO offense. If you take the R part part out of it for the quarterback and it's just a pass option, then you're becoming one dimensional. And if your skills can't get the ball out of your hand downfield, then it's gonna it's gonna dwindle your value. And so I still think Mitch has to keep his legs. Um, part of his repertoire as much as he's got to improve on locating downfield targets accurately. Okay. Well, we'll see if that happens. Tom, I know we're, we're going to hear the music soon and we're going to be played off and we'll get to the next edition of Tom Thayer radio, which will be bears all accents. <laughs> but I, I do appreciate you sitting in. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been great fun. I, I anticipated it would be and being able to talk football with you is just a joy. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you that. having me, honestly. Thanks a lot. I enjoy listening to you guys on Saturday, and it was nice to be a part of it today. We hope to be back to Saturday seconds next week. Tom raised the bar so high. We <laughs> hope we can get that style stank off us. We want to thank Mark Grody for joining us on our show, and Tom will join Mark on Mark's show at 5 o'clock today. Maddie Lee of NBC Sports Chicago. James Naveau of NBC Sports 5 talking hockey, and Trash Panda produced us, and we got all the moms involved on this show as we usually do. Bears All Access is next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Yes, wait, wait a minute, minute Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.